now for the Black Firehouse Podcast, the only Ghostbusters podcast that discusses props, costumes, sets, and special effects with your hosts, Austin Young and Dan Harshman. You know, it's just occurred to me we really haven't had a completely successful test of this equipment. I blame myself. So do I. Let's get ready. Switch me on. Good morning, Black Firehouse Podcast. It has been too long, but as always, this is Dan Harshman with his co-host, Mr. Austin Young. Austin, how are you? I'm here. Finally. You're here. We're both here. Yeah. So, uh, what are we... What are we are we gonna officially say that this is the kickoff to, to season two of Black Firehouse sure. podcast? Yeah. I don't I think I, we've had yeah. a long enough break. Do do podcasts like go like do they go in seasons like TV shows? I, I mean, know. I every time I every time I go to upload something on uh, through our RSS feed, you know, it always asks me what season this is. And I'm just like, Well, that's silly. This isn't a sitcom. We don't have canned laughter. Maybe we should. maybe we should get canned laughter, um, or canned booze. Oh, <laughs> I wow. hated that. I hated that. <laughs> I have a, you know. On, so, is there, is there what, a boo? No, no, no there's a. Oh. Uh, I know, I know. There's, um, you know, just a little bit of uh, different sound effects and everything that are included. Now I'm going to have to download that track when I when I edit this together. Um, and uh, I, when I, put I it vote, out. I vote that we pull a soundbite of uh, Eldo Ray Estes yelling "Ghostbusters!" All right, all right, and then that's our <laughs> that's our laugh track. Um, I mean. I don't, I don't know. I, I want to go through for season two. You know, I had this big idea for the podcast that when we got to season two, um, we would get somebody that's not us to record like the intro introducing us and get sound files all from one place so that there was some consistency yeah. <laughs> uh, so that, that you can clearly tell in my very amateur sound editing um, that there's like mono and stereo tracks all kind of thrown together to to make our ideas not just mono ideas. and stereo but mono and stereo ripped from youtube oh yeah 100 so, a rip rip from youtube and then rip from like this free online ghostbusters soundboard that i found and of course <laughs> it was the first time i ever used audacity so i had no fucking idea what was I was the soundboard doing. put together in like 1998 from the original i mean the website, <laughs> the website looked like it could have been hosted in GeoCities. <laughs> yeah, those are the best, man. Those are the best. But you know, hey, we're we're recording again, and that's super awesome. God, that is way too long. <laughs> uh, and apparently it went on longer. I was just like, all right, I'm just oh, going to go ahead. Yeah. No. I'm going to throw this. This is this is the episode in which it's like the first and the last time we use the canned sound bits <laughs> provided by uh, by uh, Riverside.fm. 
Um, <laughs> you know, the, there's been a few times where I've actually tried to delete them off of the control board so I don't see them. And, uh, but they always come back every time. I, you know, it's just a kind of feature of the website, but that's okay. Um, so, Austin, where have you been? Around. Around, you know, yeah. In, in, uh, in a depression and, oh, and, yeah. Uh, you know, all that fun stuff. Uh, busy I with other life responsibilities and crap well, like you that. You know, the, so. the, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, but we, we should be worried more about, life than than our our podcast that's kind of the idea is that this is supposed to be something fun that we're doing on the side when we're able to and uh i mean hey man i i get it i absolutely get it i've been there um shit i've been so busy with work i didn't know if we you know would have time because then it comes down to the weekends you know you, we we are always trying to figure out mm-hmm. when is the best time for us to record we had even talked about doing it yesterday and of course, I was just so excited about the idea of getting back in and and talking about props again that I didn't even think that, well, shit, I gotta I gotta decorate the house for Christmas with my family. <laughs> you know, I guess, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm sure. it's a it's a little important, just a a little bit. So, um, which there was a it was a little sad kind of going into that because of course there was cleaning to be done, and as a lot of people are. <laughs> are familiar with all of my projects are are inside i don't have a a workshop or anything so i had to spend a few hours for like two or three days after work uh bringing storage totes and tubs to my storage unit essentially kind of getting projects packed away for the off season um so it just kind of it was a little sad. I was just like, oh man, I, you know, I st- I'm still excited about working on these projects. I still want to go ahead and get these projects done. Um, but for the first time, I think in like two or three years, Virginia is finally having a fall and it's gotten Ooh. pretty cold. So we have not had any kind of good paint weather, no good weather to really, you know, be outside and work on, um, you know, any kind of finishing or, filling or sanding or anything like that so it's just kind of gummed up the progress um there's a few projects though that that i'm hoping are going to be coming through soon um we've talked about them before which uh is obviously the ghostbuster fans ecto goggles yeah uh that that i'm still really excited about um So those AJ, are, uh, they got pushed back. Big... They, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been uh, we've been waiting on those for a while, but it, it's one of those things where it's completely out of AJ's control. Um, he decided. Of You're course, not to... supposed to care about that, though. You're supposed to demand them right now. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, that's still a consistency. <laughs> I mean, within the community. I mean, oh my gosh, you know the. And I'll get to that in a second. We can talk about that in a moment, too. Um, But yeah, you know, AJ's going for all-out quality on these frames. And uh, so he finally got the appropriate snaps size ordered for, I believe, Mm -hmm. the snaps he's looking for is what precisely the face pad um, snaps into on the ANPBS5s. 
and uh, nobody was actively making the correct snap, but he was able to, to locate the company that made them for the original contract with the U.S. government, and they're like, yeah, well, we don't have those, and I think it was something like they needed some outrageous minimum purchase amount, and uh, damn, I mean, bless AJ's heart, he was just like, okay, do it. So it's all been in the hands of this manufacturing process, <clears throat> and if you're like me, you're, you know, obsessively checking the web shop to see when uh, these are supposed to arrive. And it did have the end of October and got pushed through November. And now it's saying December 12th. Uh, last I heard when somebody had asked AJ in the forums, um, it was supposed to be December 1st. So I don't know if maybe that means he's received them and he's just given himself uh, uh, ample time to go ahead and get everything assembled. I actually... It's, it's been a minute since I've checked in with him on it because it's the holidays. So I'm sure the, the guy is just insanely busy getting orders and stuff put together. Um, but I'm still excited. I'm most excited about them, though, because I can do everything I need to do with those goggles with no fill, no paint, no sanding. Everything I can just do inside and assemble them. They're like a really fun, expensive model kit. They really are. Um, and speaking of expensive model kits <clears throat> and ecto goggles, uh, you saw what I purchased. <laughs> I did. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I was mad about it. Like, not really, but I'm just like, I mean, oh, wow, nice, yeah, cool, awesome. Uh, I hope you enjoy those. I, I better let me been. wear them sometime. <laughs> I mean, I will. I will. They are they are a ton of fun. Uh, so I finally purchased a set of operating ANPVS five A goggles. Um, I, I'm pretty sure it's a civilian contract set, but they are operational. Um, came with you know the hard case, all the accessories, but it's the reason why I purchased them. And we we talked about this on our ecto goggle episode and which i i for a moment wasn't even sure if the battery case that that they're using on those ecto goggles and ghostbusters 2 existed and you mm -hmm. had to come to me like you know two or three hours after we had finished recording that episode and you're like hey here's a blurry photo where you can <laughs> kind of see that that battery cap cover did exist and uh, so I've been obsessively searching for them. And then finally a set of operating goggles showed up on eBay. And I, I did, I, I messaged the guy at first and I was just like, do you think you could just sell me the battery cap cover? I'll give you <laughs> X amount of dollars. And he ignored <coughs> me. And I was like, well, you know what? He can't ignore me if I just buy the whole damn set. So I did. And now buy I'm real get them, remove the battery cover, and then hit up eBay and be like, yeah, this battery cover is missing. I don't want them anymore. I want a refund. I'm that kidding. Been don't beyond, ever do that. Beyond dirty. Oh my <laughs> gosh. I couldn't even, I couldn't even, I've, I considered when I purchased them reselling them, but I'm yeah. having so much fun playing with them. I mean, like, you know, they're handy to have around. You never know when you might need a set. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I'll wear them when I take my dog out to use the bathroom <laughs> late at night. Cause 
you know, I usually bring them kind of behind our house. And there's mm-hmm. this weird, like, DMZ between our neighborhood and the next one. And there's not a lot of lighting back there. Um, in fact, there's almost, like, no lighting back there. It's just dark. Um, so every time I go back there, I expect to see, like, Michael Myers standing off in the distance waiting to, like, murder me. But now, with my with my night vision goggles, I go back there looking like a badass. See, I, I'm picturing, like, immediately, I'm picturing the scene from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids where uh, Rick Moranis is suspended in his little... Uh, harness harness counterweight thing and he's got that weird helmet on with all the magnifying glasses <laughs> and, and and kimmy robertson just kind of like pokes her head around the corner and she's just like that man is flying again <laughs> and i i imagine i imagine you out there with your ecto goggles or your night vision goggles on walking the dogs and the neighbors just looking out the windows like what the fuck is this guy doing i mean i'm sure my neighbors say that all the time <laughs> All the yeah. time. I mean, just with the kind of weird shit that I probably bring in and out of the house, you mm-hmm. know. And then, then every couple of weeks, I exit my house in a in a khaki onesie, <laughs> get in my get in my <laughs> Ghostbusters car and zoom off into the sunset. They're like, "Oh, there goes that nerd." <laughs> it, it's always funny when you sort of take a, a proton pack into unexpected places i guess like uh i've walked through my dad's shop with one on and customers just kind of look at you like um what is that is that a bomb why is that guy going to the back room you know it's just does he have a flamethrower or a (laughs) jetpack we used to do events uh like fundraising events out walmart you know and Mm -hmm. and instead of just a bunch of us standing around the front the whole time, we'd break off into little mini groups and, and wander around the store. And man, people are just, they're either way into it or they just, they're terrified of you. They won't make eye contact with you. Oh yeah. yeah. They you'll, don't, they you'll don't catch out of your do. peripheral. They'll kind of like side eye you like they're uh-huh. trying real hard not to stare and you know, they want to. <laughs> So, it, uh, great segue, by the way, though, for, for talking about charity stuff. Uh, my group, Ghostbusters Virginia, which is, you know, I've mentioned it before, is a 501c3 now and corporate entity and blah, blah, blah. Uh, we did a parade. Well, we did a few parades over the weekend, um, but the one in Virginia Beach that we did, uh, I ended up walking it, which I didn't get to participate in the dragon con parade this year so i was really happy that i got to do at least one parade and it was an awesome turnout but it was also the first time that i wore a 3d printed proton pack okay and uh man those fuckers are light yeah i could see the appeal of a a fully printed pack and just having it weigh nothing I mean, it was like nothing, absolutely nothing on my back. My 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 buddy owns a uh, a sixty seven ecto conversion, you know, and he's mm-hmm. he's done a nice job of kind of keeping it running and and all that. Um, and my proton pack lives in the back of it. He he got a, a whole you know Ferno stretcher set up and everything, so there's always proton packs sitting in the back of this vehicle, and. Um, 
to encourage myself to keep moving forward on finishing my superhero build and IDW builds and stuff, I left the pack that I built in 09 there. And I even put a little tag on it that said, do not operate to kind of encourage me to move <laughs> forward. So I haven't worn a proton pack in absolutely forever. Um, yeah. But I was, I was dreading pulling that heavy pack off that rack and putting it on my back for this parade. And I was just like, you know what? I, I'm going to use your 3d printed pack. And it's a, it's a, it's a nice pack. I don't know what files he used. I don't think he used the Q files. Um, I'd like to encourage him to, that might be something I bother him on, but he did all the printing himself and installed the electronics. He did a really, really nice job on it. Um, but it was so light. It was such a pleasure to wear it <laughs> because you could like, you could jump around and run and the pack doesn't, you know, bounce off the back of your head from the weight. Um, it <laughs> yeah. was just, it was nice, but I, I was I, uh... totally unprepared. <laughs> You, it's almost like oh, I can't think of the specific experiments. Like what, what the, well, like when they put people with like weights on their legs, yeah, you know, and and have them walk around forever with those on, and then after you know a certain amount of time, they take them off and see how it affects their movements. Oh God, yeah. And I, I imagine it's similar, where it's like you're so used to wearing this forty pound monstrosity, and then you wear this 3d printed pack and you know, your brain is telling you it should weigh the same because it's the same size. Yeah. But yet it's light as a feather. I, I can imagine you, you know, sometimes you're like overcorrecting for your movements because you're used to the weight. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, that, that was actually the best way. And like getting to like jump around and kind of like move around in it. I, I felt so light. It was wonderful. So like ten ten for the weight on three uh, D printed packs, I get that. Yeah, um, I, I I've s- always w- wanted to. I've always wanted to to compare different like get. I think I've talked about this in the past. Like get kits from like various different makers, mm-hmm. um, and different different methods of constructing a pack, and just kind of getting a baseline like weight for each one. Yeah, And just kind of, you know, because there's so many instances, like, I, you know, I've talked in the past about, like, the vacuum form shells we used to do. And the whole point was to make them lighter. and But by the time you have to reinforce them in fiberglass the insides and, and you get all the shit on it, it yeah. the, the difference isn't really that much. Yeah. Um, so it, I think it would be a fun experiment. Maybe you just round up people in the community, like, who's got this pack? You know, do you have metal or resin parts? So it's like, you know, let's weigh all the different versions that are out there and kind of see just for funsies like who's got the lightest pack lightest pack wins well and well we used to do that at dragon con but it was always the heaviest pack one who was wearing <laughs> the heaviest pack we did the the iron man award in hindsight it's e- that it's probably easy wasn't to make a very a pack good heavier. idea <laughs> well exactly like in hindsight it's like should we not be like asking people to compete to <laughs> who has the worst scoliosis after wearing a proton pack? It's kind of like who can put on the most weight, the fastest and most unhealthiest way. Yeah. It's they're, like asking so, people to do that. They're so uncomfortable. I used to absolutely understand what Bill Murray was complaining about. And now I'm like wearing the 3d pack. Cause I, I, I believe for Ghostbusters afterlife, 
uh, everything was either 3D printed or built out of foam. You're talking about for the the OG guys? Yeah. I know they have hero packs that are fiberglass, and then they have the foam packs. But honestly, most of the time, they're probably wearing the foam ones. Like when when Bill Murray kneels down to talk to Callie and, and Phoebe at the end, like that, that pack that wobbles man, and wiggles so that bad. That man is not wearing a hero pack at his age to kneel down like that. I'm no. I'm in my thirties and I can't kneel down wearing a hero pack <laughs> like that. You can't you can't bend over to pick it up to put it on in your thirties. Like, no. No, you can't sucks. do you can't do it in your twenties. We used to have to help <laughs> each other up after photos and stuff like that. God forbid if there was a a child there you want to get on their level so they feel special (laughs) and you know the parents get a good photo they get they take the photo they say thank you and they walk off (laughs) and And it's all these you're left laying you just you're left there and you're like somebody please help me it's like (laughs) if you ever have somebody in your group you just don't want to be there just leave them (laughs) yeah now we know why they used a gurney because it's waist high and you just it's just a lot less you know it's not all the way on the ground. You don't have to pick it up as far. Yeah. So uh, that moment of... Ha- have you ever loaded proton packs onto a gurney? Have you ever gotten that opportunity? I have not, unfortunately. It's really cool. It is cool. It, it, it is a very cool feeling of everybody putting their proton packs and then kicking the gurney up and rolling it in the back of an ambulance. You know, even, even if you uh, don't have you know, uh, uh, a hyper accurate ecto It's it's still just tons mm-hmm. of fun to get to kind of yeah. do that, you know? Um, but there's this moment every time I kick up that brace to move the gurney in where all that weight comes onto that, onto that end. Mm-hmm. And like, obviously part of the gurney is already back in the car before you get to the point where you have to kick it up. But I'm always terrified. The whole gurney's just going to fall <laughs> with all those proton packs on it. Come crashing down. I'm sure somebody's done that before, whether or not they've admitted to it, but surely it's yeah. happened. Oh, I'm sure. I'm absolutely sure. I want to uh, see video of it when it happens again. <laughs> so speaking of uh, heavy, heavy props, not, not the maker heavy props, but props that have a considerable amount of weight um i also acquired a globoscope recently Mm. and talk about a prop i did not expect to be as heavy as it is i'm just i'm so mad at you i'm sorry (laughs) i mean i i'm I'm gonna end up having to have i'm not because I, it's like now, it's like, oh, one of my best friends has it. I can play with it now when I go see him. And it's like, okay, cool. Exactly. <laughs> but it's like, exactly. but also, I'm... it's not mine. No, I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, it won't be. In fact, if I die, it's definitely not something that I'll will to anyone. It'll be something that, well, this can pay for, for like a fourth of my burial expenses. <laughs> Oh, you don't want to hire a photographer to photograph your funeral with it? With it? No. No, I don't. (laughs) You know, I haven't even gathered up the courage to really figure out how to open it up. 
I, I, I would know love that... to, to actually use one, you know, and, and try it out. I think it would be fun. But I, yeah. Know, can you even get this shit developed anymore? I don't know. Yes, you can actually. I, I think uh, okay. Derek Osborne uh, piped in on a thread about that and provided some really handy links to film developing studios that you can still send off 35 millimeter film to have developed. Um, but it is, it's a heavy piece of machinery. Like, have it, you, it, have you weighed it? I haven't, but I mean, I think it's got to be between like maybe maybe five to ten pounds, maybe Good not ten. Lord. But it's heavy. It's a lot heavier than I would think it would be. I always thought it was probably made of, you know, very light aluminum, and I mm-hmm. always thought that the three D printed kits that I had handled on of those, which which are you know maybe a pound or two, are probably fairly accurate. And it's not. They're way off. And you watch the movie and Dan Aykroyd handles it as if it's just this kind of light piece of nothing. Almost makes you wonder if they gutted it for the film to to cut some weight. You know, took the camera mechanism mm-hmm. out of it and left the the mechanical rotating mechanism in there. That was another thing I was really impressed by it is that it's actually a, a mechanical wind that makes it turn. It's not hmm. electrical. There are no electrical components on the entire camera. Interesting. It's all just old school clockwork. It's really, really cool. You know, so even it's even it's probably a, a pain in the ass to have repaired. Um, I am terrified that I'm going to one day turn its last turn. <laughs> turn sparingly, Dan. I I do now. Like, I, I have to kind of stop myself and be like, well, this only has so many spins left in it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I put it back in its case and, you know, leave it alone. But uh, it's it's cool. I'm I'm definitely stoked. I'm stoked that the right model finally came up because it was, it was kind of in the same vein at the same time that I picked up uh, the PVS-5s for that battery cap in which, you know, I've had eyes open for this for ages and I've never seen the right model. I've never seen the right model battery cap for Ghostbusters 2 goggles and I've never seen the right model Globoscope hit the open market and uh, I always see, I think, I, I don't know if it's an older model, I don't know if it's a newer model, but there is a different model of the Globoscope out there in which it has more um, features on top of its cover, its bell and uh the yeah, one in ghostbusters that's yeah that's surprising because i i didn't know that like you told me oh it's the right model i'm like what do you mean isn't there only one you're like no there's variants it's like of course there is of course there is it's like trying to find a lifeguard too and i think last yeah. time we counted there's like what four five variants of the lifeguard too yeah just of the two that's not even including the fours and the fives yeah and the the weird what was it the fives on the lifeguards that that's when they got like the weird cartoony proportions yeah they look like they're about to explode yeah they look like they look like a like a battery yeah yeah (laughs) um but yeah so you know when both of those kind of showed up on the open market and i was like you know these are big ticket items but i have the means at this moment I should do and, it. I should go. And, and those moments here. don't come around very often where not only, you know, are they, are they hard to get items to the correct models, 
they're affordable because you have the funds at the moment. Like you got to jump on it when you can, because if you don't yeah. and you lose out, who knows how long before they, they pop up again and, and you're lucky enough to grab them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, especially that battery cap cover. I mean, you know, just, just uh, the value of now having something to pull the measurements off of, mm-hmm. you know, I took my, my digital calipers to it and put it up on uh, the workbench for everyone to see. And I know you and I had talked about it and, but then also Matt Burkett had approached me about essentially archiving it by doing a, a resin casting of it, which, yeah. which I, you know, I'll do, but it's, it's one of those parts that is so insatiably rare. I, it has to be like done by hand. Yeah. Like I, I'm going to have to like drive it up to Pennsylvania and, and have Matt cast it that way. And I'll and sit I'll, there like, and watch him the entire time. Yeah. Uh, you know, no sleight and, of hand. And, no, <laughs> I better not get a resin <laughs> copy back. Hey, this isn't right. Um, but but with you, I th- I'm gonna try and twist your arm next time you make it to Dragon Con to just we'll we'll make a mold of it in our hotel room. <laughs> That'd be fun. I just want to, you know, I know you posted measurements, but like I want a physical one too. I want to make yeah. machine my own, but I want a physical, either the real thing or a copy, to directly compare to. Um. It's always infinitely more helpful for me when I have actual physical visual visual representation mm-hmm. in front of me that I can compare to versus just measurements. Um, well, and there's some some weird things about it because that it's a good point. It it's not comparatively sturdy to the original A N P V S five battery cap cover. It, it's actually okay. a very, very thin, probably, I would say, probably a steel rather than aluminum. I, I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. It might be aluminum, but it's really, really thin. I mean, it is, it's thin. Um, so it's even something that when you cast in resin, I, I don't think you're going to be able to, you know, use a resin copy on goggles and be able to have it removable. It'll be something that you'll have to kind of like, permanently affix either with glue or a or a bolt or something yeah i mean you know what i intended was just to make a a dummy one that can be it's at least you can screw it on over the battery housing Mm -hmm. the you know the female threads or the male threads whatever um but that you know it's not actually capable of holding a battery um so it's not going to be really hollow Mm-hmm. Because does you know for for the ecto goggles it doesn't need to be it doesn't need to be functional it's it's literally just cosmetic. It, it is, but I think what has kind of like altered my perception on what materials are being used to make ecto goggles is is AJ's frames and lenses. Mm-hmm. They're so light, and uh, you know to I I think the the lenses that AJ produced they're like four or six ounces you know, mm-hmm. just, just for the, the lenses and the, the frame itself is not going to be much more. And so then once you have all the accessories and stuff loaded on there, it's not going to be a particularly heavy prop. And I'm so used to ecto goggles being uncomfortably heavy when you're wearing them on your head. But as I kind of like get a feel for what the actual weight on some of these pieces and parts are I'm like, Oh, this, this really wasn't, 
there wasn't much to these things. No wonder they broke. Well, not only that, but, you know, you think of it's a prop, you know, you wear it on your face. You yeah. don't want it to be overly heavy and like pulling down as you're wearing them, you know, mm-hmm. um, which to me makes a lot of sense why they would, you know, look at found objects to make the lenses out of something that already exists, something that's already lightweight versus trying to scratch build something. Yeah. Um, you know, keep the weight down. Keep it, you know, he Dan Aykroyd's going to be wearing them on his head constantly. You're not going to want to have to constantly reposition them between shots because they're they're falling, making their way down, you know. And that was, but it was also always a big drawback on any of the commercial made replicas. Um, the the Matty mm-hmm. Collector adult collectible or whatever they want to call it, those things were ungodly heavy on your head because they were packed full of electronic features, you know, that had yeah. the little. Uh, lens projections and stuff like that and i don't remember if they had sound effects or not i i i want to say that they did but once you load all that in there i don't remember if they did or not yeah yeah and and you know i think it's one of those things that you know for a long time we didn't know what the lenses were Mm -hmm. um i think for a long time the assumption was oh they're you know they probably just machined something or whatever um but nobody had a point of reference for what they should weigh and so mm-hmm. you know you're dealing with all these you know resin cast lenses or machined you know solid aluminum lenses from different makers and stuff over the years and everybody just got used to the idea that oh well they're supposed to be heavy mm-hmm. and then yeah you know you really start to think about it and it's like well no they wouldn't need to be heavy they're you know the, the lighter the better the 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 fact that you know you've got all these uh makers trying to cram electronics into these things where there's not really the room to do it no in the first place you know it's a wonder i don't even want leds that close to my fucking eyes yeah that's that's the one thing that has always i mean you know and do whatever you want whatever you like that you know it looks power to you it looks cool yeah, I like the electronic setups that I've seen of people trying to kind of replicate the heads-up display mm-hmm. is is really neat. Yeah. But you can't see them when they're that close to your face, so you're just essentially putting a flashlight in your eyeball. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and my thing is where where did the green glowing lenses originate? At what point did people decide that was a regular feature of the ecto goggles? Cuz they never do I it think... in the movie. Uh, I think uh, I think it's just because they're based off of night vision goggles, and I, I, I think people I think people were just like, oh well, I I want them to have something cool to it. Everything else yeah. lights up. It's the same thing with people adding the lights onto the belt gizmo. They yeah. they just wanted something that was extra cool and extra neat. And let's throw this on here. That would be fun. And yeah. so now they they look like they have a little bit of a glow to them. I'm I'm not about that. I don't really like that much. Um, well, and, and so that yeah, the whole point I was getting at, which you already touched on, is that like it looks cool. It's awesome. Like you know, it makes sense, right? Uh, if they're based on night vision goggles, okay, I see that logic. But like, if I'm putting on ecto goggles, I want to be able to see out of them. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like you know, I would take being able to see out of them over being blinded with green LEDs or heads-up displays and stuff, but you know, that's just mm-hmm. me. Um, I Except, of be... course, for afterlife goggles. There's there's no seeing outside of afterlife goggles. 
<sighs> yeah. I mean, you'll get what they're, maybe they're still one fucking lens. cool. Though. I mean, they are cool. Yeah, and and I believe you could, you could build them to see out of them, but it's like yeah. you know, do you have the the Instamax Pro? Is that or not Pro, but the Instamax? Right? Is that the camera that it uses? Sure. Yeah, I think so. Like an Instamax Seven or something. Something like that. Like you can have it, you know, semi-operational. I think. Mm-hmm. Um. Or, or you can just take kind of the outside parts and put a hole through it. I don't. Yeah. I'm not there yet. I'm not. I'm not really at the point where I'm ready to start building afterlife props. I mean, I have some stuff pulled together. You know, I have a, a few miscellaneous parts for like an RTV. I have a mm-hmm. lot of parts together for, um. You know, one of the, one of the pillar packs, the Century Proton packs. But mm-hmm. I'm just not at the point where I'm ready to start building them. It's weird because we have more information on those props in a shorter span of time than the originals mm-hmm. by far. Um, I would say it's probably safe to say that we we know a pretty decent amount of how those props are constructed and what they're constructed out of, yada, yada, yada. But there seems to be this weird, like, just from what I've seen, there seems to be such a focus on the RTV. Like the people over in that RTV group are just like mad scientists who have just, I mean, they've completely reverse engineered this thing and they've got it down. Perfect. In my opinion, like there's so many just excellent replicas of the RTV coming out of that group. And it seemed it, to me. It seems like that's where so much of the focus, as far as afterlife props, has gone, is into that. Um, you know, I have personally like researched the hell out of the Phoebe pack. Like I, I right. think I have a pretty good understanding of that prop. And you see other people building Phoebe packs, um, but you see a lot of people more than anything just kind of taking elements they like from the Phoebe pack and adding it to their own pack. And I don't see a lot of dedicated like you know screen accurate builds for most of the afterlife props and it's i don't know if it's because people aren't enjoying you know these iterations of the props as much or if it's just it's only been a year (laughs) and so maybe people think they're not ready to jump into it yet kind of like you i don't know it just seems strange to me that for as much information that we have regarding these props and reference like wonderful reference for so many of these mm-hmm. props that we would have killed for for you know some of the original stuff back in the day that there's not more people actively building these things well i i think uh i think adam savage actually had a big impact on that um mm-hmm. i i think adam savage when he built his most recent proton pack and he made it more of something for him Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that kind of opened up a lot of people to start bringing their own aesthetic, but a, a lot of the afterlife aesthetic, uh, to their own props. Now, one of the things I'm seeing though, is an incredible amount of just people modifying the, the Hasbro Spangler wand. And I, yeah. you know, I'm seeing them thrown onto a lot of spirit proton packs. Mm-hmm. And so now that's that's what I'm seeing a lot of now. I I've seen some really excellent Phoebe replicas. You know, yours, 
Obviously, uh, Burkett did one. Mikhail, I think, is working on another one that he's doing paint apps on. It's absolutely gorgeous. I mean, they're yeah. there. They're definitely there. But um, I know a, a, another recent Proton pack that hit the, the workbench that, that I really quite enjoyed was... Um, Gosh, was it was it Tristan? Hold on, I, now now I got to go and kind of look and see. Talking about the one with the uh, the silver knob and place the crank knob. Yeah, with such a with such a great story attached to it. I'm sorry, yeah, Tristan, Tristan. Yeah, well, no, Tristan Lapish is the fellow working on the new board for Ghost Traps, which I think mm-hmm. is also very very exciting. And yeah. then. We have, hold on, I'm scrolling. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's another Tristan. It's a Tristan yeah. Fox. Um, yeah. And he kind of combined elements that he liked. And I, I guess during the process in which he was painting his crank knob, uh, an outdoors critter ran off with it. <laughs> <laughs> which I just love the idea of a squirrel, like with a with a crank knob. <laughs> chilling in his nest being like yeah this is this is what i have i'm imagining um, some other just random like pack builder walking down the street in new york and sees this squirrel running off with a crank knob and chase <laughs> trying to chase after it let's be honest it's me if i if, if i ran across that i'd be chasing that squirrel yeah yeah um yeah, you saw it too. And I think one of the, the great things from what I recall from Tristan's build is his whole pack is 3D printed. Uh, I thought it was a Ben of Kent shell. Is the shell Ben of Kent? Uh-huh. I thought... Hold because on, they posted I'm, I'm... A, uh, a picture of the inside and it's all slush cast resin. Okay, that that poly thing that Ben of Kent does. The polyurethane casting. Mm-hmm. See here. He's got some real fun stuff. I love the see, the Spangler style booster tube uh, ion arm weld that's on that pack. I, I, that's like my favorite detail on the Spangler pack, I think, specifically, is that just oddball the, weld. The weird shank. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the shank. The Spangler shank. I like that. The Spangler shank. See, I thought, and, and I'm probably mixing packs up. And like I, I you're you're right. Yeah, the that slush casting is definitely indicative of one of uh the Benekent shells, but I thought a lot of his details were 3D printed and it was his paint applications that made it so absolutely out of this world impressive. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I I commented on it that for his pack, he he went a little a little heavier handed with uh, his texturing on it, but it's still gorgeous. It really works well with the with the rest of the paint application. It makes it look like that nice cast iron. So I I just like yep. the pack. I like the story behind it. It's mm-hmm. one of those things where it's like just having the different you know crank knob there is one of those changes. That's what I always like. Um, as far as like differences in the packs as they evolve are just little teeny tiny changes like that. I've always been about that kind of thing, you know, uh, gray crank knobs versus black crank knobs. 
you know, uh, Ghostbusters one ripping cables versus Spectre strip. It's just those little, little kind of cosmetic upgrades that sometimes people will bring into their proton packs that I love because you're not, you're not messing with the formula. You're just, you're adding a little bit to it. Um, yeah, I mean, but I, I actually have some parts now, thanks to, uh, Matthew Swain. Mm-hmm. I, I acquired a set of, uh, nickel plated short nicoil banjos oh okay. which i have been after i mean four years like i remember first seeing those variations back on asap in what, 2002 2003 mm-hmm. and i've literally wanted a set ever since then and i've never been able to get get any like every time they come up for sale i see the posts after they've already sold sorry it's okay i know you bought a set stole them out from under me no i'm kidding i I needed them (laughs) i know you needed them i don't i needed them but like i i I do have a specific i'm getting to this point so he he upgraded the banjos on his his pack that he's been working on for a while or he's been converting it and upgrading it to be more accurate to the uh, gb2 bankman hero Mm -hmm. and he had he had these nickel plated banjos on there and uh so I hit him up. I was like, "Hey, what you gonna do with those when you're done with them?" <laughs> oh, I don't know. I might, I might sell them. I'm like, yeah, you want to sell them to me, please? So he <laughs> sold them to me, which I was very grateful for, and uh, I'm so excited to have them because for a very long time, something I've always wanted to do is a '90s GB3 proton pack. Like if we had gotten a movie in the '90s, you know, Hellbent, whatever. Right. Doing a proton pack that it was it's you know basically the same thing between GB one and GB two, just some small cosmetic updates. Putting the nicoil, coil, the, the nickel plated nicoils coils on it. Um the more modern, you know, Legree elbows. Um there was a there's a crank knob that's available. I don't really know if it's period accurate to like the nineties, but it's a crank knob where the, the main body is plastic, but the little handle is like machined. Aluminum. Oh, I've seen those. I have that. I have that saved uh, through Amazon. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I thought it would be fun to kind of do a what if GB three pack. Like, what if you know they reuse the same cool. props again, and they just they just you know some of the original parts weren't available, so they had to go with the more updated equivalents. So that's so on my list for you, something to do soon. Are you going to try and find um, wide enough gray? ribbon cable i don't know if i'm gonna go with because they still produce spectra strip well, they do point. they do yeah they still produce it but i i don't know the the gray ribbon cable for me always screamed like 90s electronics i know it's still widely used yeah um but there's just something about it the 90s like you know off-white computers and gray Mm -hmm. ribbon cables (laughs) yeah i don't know um i figured i would probably stick with the spectra strip but maybe get the uh the more like high gloss shiny stuff um but then there's also the idea that well the whole reason that they upgraded the ribbon cables from gb1 to gb2 is they couldn't source the original ribbon cable anymore otherwise they would have probably used the same ribbon cable for gb2 so i'm always baffled so did they did they just change it because they couldn't source it for the stunt packs you think 
Well, yeah, because they made all the semi heroes. Well, they made all the semi heroes and stunts. And yeah, they had the heroes. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I, I always assumed it's like, well, whatever we found in '84 is not available anymore. Let's just pick something else up that's similar. And they went with the Spectra strip. Because I always get that stuff was so readily available back then. Like, oh yeah, I mean it still is is pretty available. I just get bummed because I know that the Ghostbusters one ribbon cables held together. Yeah. So they they pulled the hero packs out of storage or wherever, and probably took those old ribbon cables off and tossed them into the waste bin. I know it's so sad to think about stuff like that, but back then <laughs> they didn't like, care. Nobody cared. Yeah, they didn't care. They were just like, "All right, we're putting on Spectre Strip." I mean, I could, <laughs> I sometimes can barely get rid of like scraps off of uh, <laughs> a Fincher Tech um, ribbon mm, cable oh, that I got to throw th- out. You know, all all the cutoffs. You know, after you've trimmed it to fit, I still have all yeah. mine. Like I can't yeah. throw those away. Um, I mean. They're so short, Even you like, can't do anything with it, though. But they're cool. They are cool. I I even had uh, Matt Wasant, uh, was he's upgrading parts on his pack shell, and he has mm-hmm. an old solid gold caddy GB1 ribbon cable. And I was like, I want that. He's like, why? I'm like, because it's a piece of community history. Like, that's, yep. I believe, the first GB1 ribbon cable that anybody, like, produced and sold it belongs in a museum it does like it's gonna go in our firehouse black firehouse ghostbusters museum that we opened in yes 40 years from now yes yes when we're but he sent it to me it's all (laughs) it's all delaminated and like just in horrible shape and the the heat shrink tape is kind of starting to yellow i'm like oh god it's beautiful because i i had to throw mine away because it, it literally disintegrated and fell apart. Like there was no keeping I, it in in its shape anymore. It, it just fell apart, and I was like, okay, I have to throw it away. Like, and then I have a friend of mine that has one on his pack, but he will not give it up. <laughs> I'm like, damn you. Yeah, I still have one on my V seventy one shell. Yeah, and uh, it, it's held up. It has delaminated. You're you're right, mm-hmm. and that lamination has yellowed considerably. Um, but because when I did the twist on it, I I secured it with you know two or three zip ties. It's still mm-hmm. keeping its shape, so it will it will stay on that pack forever. Yeah, I I just I was so giddy to get it. And he you know. He's like, yeah, if you want it, you can have it. I was like, okay, sweet. <laughs> Not to go off on a tangent, sorry. Well, I mean, this whole episode is kind of tangent. <laughs> I mean, that's the stream that's... stream of consciousness episode. It is, yeah. You know, we haven't gotten a chance to really talk props in, in so long. It's just nice talking props. I mean, you know, upcoming things, of course, we've been talking about the, the ecto-goggle frames for, for probably like six months, ever since AJ, you know, announced them going into mm-hmm. production. Um, other prop news, Magnolia is producing real Ghostbusters jumpsuits now. I yeah, don't I saw like that them. the other day. I, I, I I'll be like honest them. with you, I'm not a fan of 
real Ghostbusters jumpsuits, period, for the most part. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. I just I I don't I don't like like the elastic cuffs. It's it's just. It, it, that is literally what it upsets me is Magnoli does not have the elastic cuffs. I know. Doesn't like, he have uh, the, he's got elastic in like the ankles cuffs, doesn't he? No, no. They basically okay. just took their, their paranormal jumpsuit and changed the color of the cuffs and and change the color of the collar but other than that it's the same uniform you know when i when i got my my venkman real ghostbusters jumpsuit i went through real good threads and he was essentially mm-hmm. modifying a i think a rothko jumpsuit and you know for for the amount of dye work and stuff on it, it that doesn't bother me but i had mm-hmm. him remove all the additional pockets because there are no additional pockets on on there. They have the yeah. they have the breast pockets and then they have the side access pockets and then there's nothing else. So I had him remove the pen pocket and and all that and he was kind enough to do that for me. So I'm I'm really happy with it, but one of the things I've always wanted to do is get the elastic cuffs. Mm-hmm. But that was real good threads and I think they were like 130 160 dollars it you know so I, I was getting what I thought was definitely a worthwhile investment but with Magnoli you know you're looking at a 200 dollars custom fit jumpsuit and you're not even offering it to actually look like the real Ghostbusters jumpsuit it just looks like their standard jumpsuit with different fabric yeah, I mean, that's actually the one thing I do like about the the thing I don't like about when you translate real Ghostbusters uniforms to real life into three dimensions is the fact that you know it's so plain looking. Um, I don't like the elastic cuffs. I don't mind like I've seen people that do. I guess what Magnoli's doing, where it's they've they've changed the color of the cuff, but it still has mm-hmm. the, the Velcro tab. It's not elastic. Yeah, I, I like that. But the elastic cuff, I don't like. And I miss uh. the pockets. I miss all the pockets, you know. But I just, there's something about, I don't know. I, I, I don't feel like there's a good way to translate those uniforms to three dimension with, that, with those color schemes and have it not look a little hokey. But that's just me. Like, I'm not, I'm not hating on anybody that likes it or that, that makes them or whatever it's just you know me personally i'm not a huge fan of it um you're such I an actually, elitist douchebag i'm totally an i know <laughs> i but i do love i do love people that do like the kenner real ghostbuster stuff like the you know the like uh robin is ecto glow thing or the oh yeah i cannot remember the guy i'm blanking on his name but he he debuted at uh was it ectocon over in was it Scotland last year or this year, I guess? Glasgow. Yeah. Yeah. And he did a, uh, was it power pack? Vinkman? Oh, the, 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 uh, the forest green pack with the crazy yeah. orange stripes. Yeah. 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 Power pack heroes. Vinkman. Yeah. Yep. I was like, that's so cool. I love seeing people, you know, do the, I don't, so I don't know what, what my deal is. Why when you're translating the cartoon, I'm like, ah, eh, whatever, but you're translating a toy. It's like, that's, you know, that's rad. You're all about it. Yeah, I don't know. 
All right, um, well, it's, it's, I'll, it's I'll... kind of the same thing with real Ghostbusters packs. It's like I've seen people do really good interpretations of them, but they just don't do a whole lot for me personally. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the work is great. Um, I've seen some really incredible, like like Martin's take on the pack, his files, you know, his three D prints. They're they look it's gorgeous, beautiful. Uh, they're just... they're they are like they are even more beautiful up close. I, yeah. I think my my problem with real Ghostbusters packs is everybody adds too many lights. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. There's just it's there's something about the proportions. You know, they work well in animation, but it's like people are trying to take the animated proportions and scale them to real life, and they just don't quite work for me. It's even worse with extreme Ghostbusters packs. Um, the extreme ghost, but you know, it, it's been talked about before with the animated proton packs in which, you know, obviously the the proportions change from frame to frame. Yeah. And, and that was just in the real Ghostbusters cartoon, but extreme Ghostbusters, the, the props defy physics <laughs> and reality. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if they just didn't have consistent key sheets or something, but you know, I've I've seen some decent takes on the Extreme Ghostbusters Proton Pack, yeah. but nothing ever really seems to hit all the marks. Yeah, it's it's you know the inconsistency within the show doesn't help, but there's also the fact that they to me when you try you take like a baseline from the animated series and you try to scale it to, you know, three dimensions, one one scale, whatever that is for. Mm-hmm you know, real life, it, it just looks huge to me, like way too big, way too clunky and, and boxy. And I feel like somebody needs to sit down and really do some refining and, and redesigning for a more realistic, real world grounded take on that particular pack. I think Martin did a very fine job of scaling it. The real Ghostbusters pack? Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I'm I'm talking specifically about extreme Ghostbusters. Like, oh, extreme it, Ghostbusters. It just, yeah, you can't do it. Yeah, no, most. I, think, I mean, uh, the scaling issue is not as big of a deal with real Ghostbusters. Yeah, and uh, with the pack as a whole, it's 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 more like certain aspect, like the ion arm area, just looks. It looks like like a clown shoe <laughs> stuck <laughs> up there or something to me. Like I look at it, I'm just like, it's it's just cartoonishly big. No pun intended. I mean, um, it is. It is cartoonishly big. I, I know when I finally put together my, my kit that I got from Martin, I'm not putting lights in that ion arm. Yeah. I, um, I'm i very specifically going to be taking the lighting sequence from, uh, I think, Killer Watt. The mm-hmm. episode from Killer Watt is the only time. Well, not the only time. I'm not going to say the only time because I know, like, Ben King is probably waiting in the the wings for me like ah, 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 let me tell you about this episode <laughs> the proton pack lit up this way but killer watt i think is one of the better shots in which you kind of get to see what the light sequences are for the pack and um yeah my my plan is to just kind of hack apart a gb fans existing kit mm-hmm. and then something else to be the the pack lights and kind of put it all together Afterlife has actually kind of brought up some ideas I think I could get away with. But, but you know, you and I are in the same boat as far as the electronics go. 
we, we got to get other people really to get that stuff together for us. So I've been asking yeah. for like, gosh, a year or two to see if anybody can work with me on, uh, on getting a killer watt accurate real ghostbusters pack light sequence going and and everyone's like oh yeah totally i'll work on that next and i never hear from them they're like (laughs) they're probably like man that guy's crazy fuck him (laughs) well i mean you know and speaking of like light kits and things like you know there's the topic that uh was just posted today about the or today today or yesterday about those those new trap pcbs that uh What's his face is working on? Tristan something. I forget your name. Another yeah, Tristan. Yep. Yeah. Another Tristan. Tristan, Tristan too. Uh, you know, and he he brought up today about like you know what kind of sequence do you guys want to see? Oh, I did see that. Yeah. On, on the bar graph, and you know, for me, it, I mean, instantly, I'm just like the only one that's in the movie <laughs> because somewhere along the lines, you know, somewhere or somewhere down the line. Uh, the the fan made or fan uh sequences and and things that were that were implemented into light kits as just kind of a fun what if yeah somehow became the standard and there's yeah. like, there's, virtu- there's virtually no light kits that are available for you know the weirdos like us that just wanted to do whatever it did in the movie and nothing else well and what makes it even yeah i'm sorry well, it's just like, it would be nice that, you know, and those things, those, those sequences and stuff, those are fine. They're great. Like it's fun. But if I'm building a, fun. a screen accurate pack, I want the lights to be accurate, you know, and the right sequences and everything too. And to not have just a basic like movie light kit anymore is, is really strange to me. Like not even be able to, to switch between modes like on a light kit, which I know nothing about electronics. That may be like impossible to, to figure out. I don't know. Probably not, but it, it just seems like it would be an easy thing to offer a, a, a simpler thing to offer, but yet nobody does it. And I don't know if it's just because the demand for it really isn't there other than, you know, a handful of people like you and me that are just like all right. about, wanting to make like really highly movie accurate props or, or what the deal is, but it would be nice for somebody to, to offer something like that. And it would be really cool to see if, you know, you could get somebody, a couple of people in the community to get together and do a real ghostbusters kit, you know, pour through every episode, pick out every possible variation of the light sequences or, or functions that the packs go through and, and come up with a, a kit specific for that. You know, I think that would be really cool. I I agree. I want, um, it What's even more frustrating because it's what, what Tristan's doing with his PCB kit is really, really cool. He's, he's doing an all encompassing kit. So I think yeah. it's going to have, it's going to be able to run, you know, uh, door motors and smoke effects and, and things like that. Yeah. Um, I, I don't even want that. Like I want, I want the red battery box light to blink. Mm-hmm. And then I want the front bar graph and, uh, the little led to be steady on. And that's mm-hmm. it. Like that's, that's my dream ghostbusters trap kit right there. With nothing yeah, else. I, I feel like the majority of people that have a trap, you know, it doesn't function. The doors don't open. It's just, it's a, it's a smoker. It's just a, it's a display trap. And so 
having the bar graph light and the battery light is really all you want or need. Well, I, um, I, I kind of disagree. I think, uh, as far as ghost traps go, I think there's a lot being lost right now with ghost trap kits in far as, uh, building them. You know, everybody now is just picking up the spirit ghost trap or, uh, the Walmart trap and, and modifying those. I guess those do, they, those do open, don't they? <laughs> they do. So those I, guys, I, it does, I mean, that's kind of what I was thinking of, but yeah, I just totally blank on the fact that those open. So yeah, you're right. Um, you know, now you got, uh, you can throw in the mix there, the, the target ghost trap, which I think might be the same one that's at like fun.com or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are great little belt hangers. And even for those though, I'd want, you know, steady, boring lights on them. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I, I think a lot of the art that went into the ghost traps has been lost because of those particular offerings. And it, they don't seem to be following the same track as, say, the Spirit Proton Packs. The Spirit Proton Packs have really just been encouraging people to get inventive mm-hmm. and build their yeah. own stuff and make it theirs. And then they get addicted to it and suddenly they find themselves, you know, ordering parts for a full-size pack because they caught the building bug. But then with uh, with the Ghost Traps, um, they really seem to just kind of stagnate everyone's yeah. just like yeah this is fine this is fine and like yeah, you cause... got me over here ordering another different ghost trap <laughs> kit every other month i mean well I'm, I'm currently getting stung by the heimdall offering yeah which which bums me out i uh i hope that guy comes back out and and just finishes the run yeah um there's no sense in getting angry about something that you can't really do much about, but I'm still disappointed at, at this moment, you know, cause I was really excited about that. A full aluminum ghost trap that that's, you know, that's one of the, the dream pieces. Well, a, and that, and that's such trap. an undertaking. Oh God. Gotcha. Like, like it's such an undertaking for an individual to do one for a personal build, let alone to take orders for kits, you know, like, yeah you know and how much were they seven hundred dollars eight hundred dollars for the kits seven hundred and fifty dollars yeah yeah I mean, seven seven or seven fifty somewhere in there but even looking at heimdall's like total workload i went back and i looked at like just as two recent runs of the aluminum traps and the wands was an astronomical amount of metal working and then oh, to yeah. kind of understand that I guess he's had some commission stuff being done even before then. I'm just like, oh, man, dude, you. I, I think he bit off more than he can chew. I mean, look. I'm still behind on belts for people and I'm one guy yeah. and those those are like $40 a piece and they're not that hard. But, you know, so you just shit happens and you get behind and life gets in the way. And, you know, again, thankfully everybody's been really patient and and cool with it and i'm so appreciative of that but like even i thought i can handle this right but you just don't know what's gonna happen and shit just shit happens and gets in the way and so i could not even imagine trying to do 
full runs of wands and aluminum trap kits, you know, and like you said, on top of like regular commission work, I could not imagine trying to take on something like that. Like, oh no, it gives me anxiety just thinking about it. Like, it, it gives me anxiety. I actually, I, I ran. What was his count here? 19 aluminum wands and 15 aluminum traps. Yeah. That's and and that, that is just the work that I know he had taken mm-hmm. on. Um so it's one of those things like I'm not counting him out. I'm I'm bummed that I don't have it right now. Yeah. I and mean... uh and I hope people don't start trying to do the pitchfork thing because it's mm-hmm. not gonna accomplish anything. It, it it's not gonna do anything. You know, if any, if anything, it's it's probably going to make it more likely you won't get your product or your money back. You know, like yeah, um, which I'm you know I'm not. There's certainly been people in the past that you know after a while it's like okay enough is enough. But like you know it hasn't been that long since those runs were offered, right? It hasn't been that long. I think what a lot of people are all kind of upset about is that the last update was August 10th. And, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I would honestly give Heimdall a year or two or more to finish it if we just got, like, one little thing a month, you know, saying, yeah. hey, this is what's going on. Um, but I know he has the materials, so, like, that mm-hmm. that's a good sign. I, yeah. I hope he's safe, though. That's that's the other thing. It's like not hearing a peep out of someone. You know, there are some makers that they just took the money and and disappeared. Yeah. Um, but I I hope it's not something that he is. I ho- I hope he's safe and well and in good. He health. hasn't fallen down the stairs and broken his neck and nobody knows where he is. You know, like yeah. Uh, I you know I wonder about stuff like that too. And like you know, I mean, I want to talk. I haven't exactly been the best at communicating updates with these belts but at the same time there hasn't been anything to communicate and there comes a point when you're just tired of going yeah here's an update there's no update um yeah but also <laughs> i'm not asking 700 a piece for you know full trap kits and things like that when you're dealing with you know huge sums of money like that um yeah i mean i think you need to kind of be like, here's, you know, here's the deal. Like, even if you say, Hey, I just haven't worked on them. I've, I've been doing with other dealing with other shit in my life. And, you know, I haven't had the time. That's still something, I guess, you know? Yeah. At least, at least people know, I guess, you know, that's an update, I guess. Yeah. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. There um, you go. You've updated everybody. Yay. Yeah. And, <laughs> You know, and I think we've talked about this before. Nobody, most most people are not out to rip anybody off. Um, yeah, they ne- they never start. Everybody starts off with good intentions. Um, you know, something like this—it's such a massive undertaking for such a a highly sought after item, like a like an aluminum gun or aluminum trap kit. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I would have opened it up to pre-orders like i would have found a way to fund the materials you know through other means other than pre-orders and you know when they were ready to ship then start taking orders for them 
Yeah. Um, you know, I've I've got some aluminum wands and stuff that I'm going to start trying to get together. You know, I've had a couple of people that I've told about them privately kind of inquire about, well, are you going to do runs of them? I'm like, no, I'm not going to do runs of them. I will have these made in my spare time when I can have them made. And then when I have a few to put up for sale, I'll put them up for sale. Because yeah. I don't, I do not want to mess with the headache that will inevitably come from trying to do pre-orders for those. I mean, just look at Freaky, you know, and his incredibly ridiculous years-long wait list. Like, I don't want to deal with that again. It just gives me anxiety thinking about stuff like that. Oh yeah, under definitely <coughs> understood. It's uh. Is definitely kind of made uh, uh, me look at. Is this something that I would want to go and do? And I look at <laughs> how many of the builders and stuff that have kind of been just driven out because of this kind of ambition of making your hobby into a professional, you know, work. And uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, the ambition's cool. It's nice, right? You know, I think. Yeah. There's times. I don't think when... I want to do it. Well, no. <laughs> you know, I, I think I, I used to. Uh-huh. Two years ago, I wanted to. I don't anymore. There's a. Do you do you know who uh, the Hacksmith is? Hacksmith Industries on YouTube. Yes. They just posted a an update video that I thought was like total clickbait. It's like. Uh, kind of the the main guy in the channel, I think his name is James. It's him, you know, and he's kind of got his his hand and his or his his head in his hands. And the video title is uh, "Why I've Quit Making Videos" or something like that. I'm like, oh, clickbaity title. Surely there's a twist. And no, dude, just straight up is completely burnt out and just flat out admits mm-hmm. in the video that like I quit my regular job to pursue this, and it's become a regular job, and I just I'm sick of it. Yeah. And that is such, that's such a nightmare to think about. Like I love doing this stuff so much that I couldn't imagine not wanting to do it, but it happens to people all the time. Oh God. Yeah. I mean, look at, uh, look at Nicotron, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, still, still, even to this day, if I can get a Nicotron kit, I do. You know, um, I, I recently was able to acquire one of his hero trap kits. And even today, it still stands up and it's still just mm-hmm. so beautifully cast. And uh, but but he just he got burnt out and it took something that he loved in a hobby and made it something else. And I'm just like, I don't I don't think I want to do that. You know? Yeah, not not to be dramatic, but the day that I don't want to build a proton pack, just somebody shoot me in the head. <laughs> I mean, done. Like we'll, you know, we'll we'll save the bullet and uh, we'll just put our heads together. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I, I love hearing from like friends and stuff that are like building a pack or something. They're like, "Oh yeah, I'll never build another one." I'm like, "That's neat. That's cool. Good for you." What's that like? Yeah. What's that like? Well, and I've had this conversation with people in the past where it's like, you know, you build something, especially like a prop you've never really tackled before or a method you've never really tackled, and you get so frustrated with something, like Mm -hmm. some aspect of it, and you're so angry and you're so upset, but yet at the same time, 
you kind of secretly love it mm-hmm. because it's challenging you and you like that challenge. Like you don't, maybe you don't think of it in that term, you know, at the time, but you look back on it after you've overcome it or you, you know, you finish the thing and you're like, that was a pain in the ass, but I'm so happy with how it turned out. Yeah. That it, it's almost like it didn't happen, you know? Ooh, and, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, no, go on. Finish you, your No, talk. no, you sound excited. No, I am excited. I was very, very excited, actually. Um, so, uh, Hallowax, speaking of videos and cool builds, um, mm-hmm. uh, Hallowax, did you, did you follow any of that build? I did not. <laughs> I, um, uh, well, that was, was kind of, that, yeah, that was back it was when I was like, time. yeah, it was your way time. Like, yeah. Um, I saw I saw the postings of it, and I think Matt had even told me that you know, hey, you need to check these out. And I was like, okay, yeah. And I just haven't gotten around to it. Um, but from what I understand, it's just like an incredible build. It is. It is an absolutely beautiful superhero build, and it was uh, entirely gratifying to know that that like three part breakdown of the superhero proton pack that i wrote years ago um was used and found beneficial and that really really was very exciting that was gratifying actually you know because i i spent a long time putting that together and that that's you know up on harsh hobbies it's on ghostbuster fans and there was some a decent amount of discussion that ended up happening on ghostbuster fans over different facets and and items like that and uh it was just cool it was cool and it just made me really really proud of that whole obsession that i still carry for that proton pack and yeah uh, there's there's even another superhero build happening right now in uh that's being documented through the workbench and it is also as equally gorgeous we uh Oh, I know which one you're talking about. I'm blanking on the guy's name. But he just posted pictures of his wand, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's just it's looking awesome. Yeah, the that's a beautiful superhero. It's Chuck Yeah, Chuck Fisher's. Yes, that's right, Chuck Fisher. Yep. Not um, Fincher. Fisher. No, Fisher. <laughs> yeah. Guy with the Chucky icon, right? Yeah. 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 It, I, it is uh, awesome. Go ahead. He's doing a, a Ghostbusters 2 style one. And I mean, he's even got the weathering, though, on the rear cylinder on the wand just done really beautifully well. I mean, the, well, the weathering on it. Yeah, that's what is I was going to say is, is just looking at those pictures, like the even the the leftover adhesive from the label on the side, like mm-hmm. it's just it's pitch perfect. Like it's absolutely gorgeous. And. I love seeing those kinds of builds. I, I definitely have to check out the Hallow X build because, you know, I, I, you know, I know that guy from his incredible lightsaber builds and research and, you know, over in the RPF, there's the dudes everywhere. If it's a lightsaber thread, he's in there. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when I saw his, when I saw him pop up in Ghostbusters and he was doing a, a pack build, I was really excited about it. I just, was not in the mood to sit down and watch videos. Um, so it's my, on my, it's my on my recommend... to watch list. 
my recommendation is to watch his final video. I mean, of course, okay. you know, support the guy. Watch watch everything that he does. But um, his final video, I I found the most interesting because uh, assembly videos. I'm like, all right, I you know, I'm I'm fine. I know how to assemble it. I know mm. to how to assemble a proton pack. So I'm I'm always more interested in kind of everybody's end game and yeah. talking about you know where they got to. And uh, so it's it's like a 50 minute, 52 minute video and. Uh, just documents. It's a beauty of a pack. It really is. Um, it, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm, I'm just happy to see that all that time and effort and that research and that obsessive compulsiveness of, of <laughs> documenting all that information was just being found useful by other people. Yeah. I mean, um, so it's such a weird cool. thing in this community because a lot of times the research and the discoveries and, and the information that's out there, you know, a lot of the originators of that information or those discoveries kind of get lost and not that it really matters. Um, but, you know, sort of people just start regurgitating this information that they've learned and, you know, they learned it from this guy or they saw it here and, you, you know, it kind of gets muddled as to where where the information originally came from. But to, you know, to kind of have something that you very specifically documented and, you know, to more or less get credit for kind of, I don't want to say being the originator of the research, maybe. I don't I don't know. But it, yeah, the it's compiler. like this compiler. I don't. Yeah. The, yeah. I mean... The compiler, the 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 messenger, so to speak. Um that's cool. Like every once in a while, somebody will, I'll see somebody mention me like, Oh, I, you know, I saw so-and-so post about this and, you know, and I'm like, Oh, that's cool that somebody found that thing that I posted about. Yeah. Like beneficial and, and useful. I mean, I'm still butthurt. I wasn't in the Haynes manual. <laughs> <laughs> like there's this, you know, Troy Benjamin, a phenomenal yeah. person, you know. Um, yes. Wrote the wrote the Ghostbusters Haynes manual, and like I I go into the back and I'm looking at all the credit and it's like wow these are all my friends, I interact with all these guys in a big way and like my <laughs> name's nowhere. I'm just like oh that's right. Ah damn, I'm still a nobody. <laughs> that's okay, dude. We're all nobodies. Right. Like it doesn't matter. I, I still uh, every every time I get a feeling like that, I let the wise words of our good friend Chase Ambrose ring true in my head, which is always remember that even if you're somebody in the Ghostbusters community, you're still a nobody. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like <laughs> it's so that, funny to see that man has kept me grounded for so long, yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't even know it. Ah. <laughs> uh. I think he does that for a lot of people and they don't realize it either. Uh, no, I mean, it's true. It's like, sure. Recognition is great. You know, attention is great. But like at the end of the day, being somebody in the Ghostbusters community is still like, you're nobody in the real world. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I built a proton pack for Logan Kim. Oh yeah. And then I go out to Walmart and I start, I tell the lady in the checkout and they're like, who the fuck is that? Like what? What's a proton what's pack? A, 
<laughs> What's a Logan Kim? Yeah, like you know, not to say that those things aren't special and and amazing for you know the people that that are into this it stuff. Is, like you know, for it me, is it's all it's the personal gratifications. Yes, you know, uh, it's okay that Jason will never know who I am kind of yeah. thing but i get a lot of reward out of not even like my name being there but just knowing that somebody took a look at the research and was mm-hmm. like oh hey here's the guidebook and i love that and i and i love you know other projects that are like that i know aj's working on kind of a new um kind of library but then you have like Stuart thompson's amazing reference yeah. library as well um, and I and I like that their functionality is different enough that there's room for both of them. I like that you know the workbench exists in a way that's to to give that that discussion and and keep that discussion moving. Mm-hmm. Um, even if sometimes it's a pain in the ass to go back and reference things. I know uh, uh, name brand. Which mm-hmm. I was starstruck, and that he was so confused, uh, John, when he reached out, and he was just like, "Me, I'm like fanboying." I'm yeah. Like, Holy shit! Your name brand. I still have your parts. Like <laughs> oh, that. That sounds like a fully loaded thing. But I have like your replica parts. I love your your, your work and stuff. And he's just like, "Oh, okay, neat." Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, all right, yeah, you're right. It, it but it's still cool. It's just neat, like, you know, um, like, you got to get that feeling sometimes from some of the things that you've gotten a chance to make. Well, I mean, it's it's like, okay, you know, you grew up in this community reading posts and learning information from people like him, right? Right. And so for then for somebody else to turn around and kind of like, you become their name brand, like... That's yeah, that's like super cool. That's that's really gratifying and and that's it's just kind of nice to know that you contributed something mm-hmm. to something to the community that you're so passionate about and it is that you have so much love for and that, you know, it's those little moments when you kind of like not to be cheesy but it's like yeah, you know, it's all worth it. <laughs> it <laughs> because is. Yeah. Sometimes I question I quit well I question my sanity all the time, but I question why am I so into this stuff? Like, why do I obsess over just the dumbest shit? You know, like at the end of the day, it's like, who else? Why do, why do I care so much about it? It's, and it doesn't, at the end of the day, it's just because I love these movies. I love, I love these props. I love the challenge in trying to bring that thing that I love from the screen into reality and doing it as close to exact as possible trying Mm -hmm. to give myself an experience by being able to handle these things and and to feel like you're part of those movies. And, you know, without people like name brand, without people like you, you know, that, that are so dedicated and passionate and, you know, I don't know this. I don't think the community would be as fun as it is. Like there's been a lot of just, quality personal relationships yeah i mean you know some of my absolute favorite people is it's not just because of ghostbusters 
but it's because of the obsession of building, <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, be it one of my best friends in the universe, Julian, um, mm-hmm. or, or Matt or you, I mean, obviously, you know, you go without mentioning, but I'm going to mention you cause I adore you. Um, but just, just all the great personal relationships and really fantastically interesting people that come from mm-hmm. different walks and, and stuff like that. It's, it's a, it's really a phenomenal community, Yeah. but you have to, you have to get to the smaller parts, you know, like yeah, the, the when, it, for much, when you look at the the whole Ghostbusters community, oh, <laughs> uh, that I mean, that's that's any fandom though, right? Like, that's any fandom, right? Yeah, I mean, but Star Wars, start, Ghostbusters, oh God, Star you know, Trek, Ninja yeah. Turtles, like whatever it is, there's always. Ah, could you imagine yeah. being an elitist <laughs> douchebag over Ninja Turtles? Oh, dude, I'm sure they're there. There's, I mean, they're in every community. Like, there's all I mean, kinds of weird gatekeeping and and uh, just douchebaggery going on, and just about. I mean, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get like, I'm gonna get unsolicited DMs about like Ninja Turtle costume enthusiasts. Now they're like, you don't understand the intricates intricities of Leonardo's liver <laughs> spots from from Teenage Mutant Turtles to Secret of the Ooze. I'm like, oh okay. I mean like I get where I get where you're coming from. If I yeah. were you I'd probably care. Yeah. But uh you want to talk about ion arm length? Like we yeah. talk about Ooh. iron arm length. <laughs> so so the Brass we, to copper. To... Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> So we've been hitting a pretty good stride with this episode, though, Austin. I mean, all things considered, we've segued into into topics really, really well. But we're we're coming up on kind of like our last ten minutes. So, as our official, unofficial uh, premiere for season two, you know, coming up on the end of twenty twenty two, going into twenty twenty three, we've now been doing the podcast for just under a year. So where do we go from here? We go up. Oh, I get it. Because Ghostbusters. Yeah, because of the, the stairs. The stairs. Yeah. 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 All right. No, so we don't yeah, record we again for another six months. That's right. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I want to get back to recording. I want to get back to doing this as regularly as possible. Um, so I'm, there's two I'm feeling episodes. better. So I feel like I'm ready to record. You know, at least for there's the time being. The, there's two episodes I'm definitely looking forward to, and uh, yeah. and we had started warming up for both of these before we just kind of tight kind of took some time away, which is fine. Um, mm-hmm. Interviews with uh, the New York City Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. um, specifically Ryan Espen. Um, they do a filming location tour in New York City. And we're going to bring on uh, one or two of those guys. And we're going to talk about filming locations in Manhattan mm-hmm. and their experiences with that. I'm, that's that's an episode I'm really, really looking forward to because, you know, I love going up there and uh, and taking a look and visiting all the locations and stuff like that. And yeah, I, I always love also not obviously with Ryan, but with other people having to fight with them and and show them pictures and be like, this is. This is why the firehouse 
it was actually black in the first one or no this is this is how they modified hook and ladder eight back in 1914 because nobody ever believes me at first and then i have to show them literal photos from 1914 and like oh like all right cool um also another person i'm really excited about for interviewing for season two is uh derek osborne yes yeah he's he's been chomping at the at the bit to get on and honestly i have been too i mean derek just has an incredible esoteric knowledge of behind the scenes ghostbusters information um as far back as i can remember yeah i mean you know he he was kind of the guy that originally uh, that was available to the community that owned things used in the production of ghostbusters and his knowledge kind of went with it yeah you know so i'm i'm excited to just have a sit down and a chat with him but you know there's uh there's been some requests as well from our listeners they really, really love the deep dives and we've kind of been a little lazy. So we got to come up with some deep dives, dude. Oh, I can dive real deep. Wow. Like, you know, give me a topic and I'll, I'll go as deep as I can with it. Yeah. I mean, so two, three inches. Wait, what are we talking about? Ew. (laughs) Ew. Just edit this part out. Nope. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I I'm ready to <laughs> I'm ready to get back into some focus topics. Um, yeah, some focus topics. I've also heard some feedback from folk that they uh, would love to hear uh, a little bit more, like workshop talk. You know, um, tips, tricks, things mm-hmm. that we use, how to fix things, how we're assembling things. Um, and I really like that. I think that would give us an opportunity to to revisit uh you know even the proton pack we did that that great three or four part segment about Mm -hmm. the different parts of the proton packs and vendors and of course so much of that changes (laughs) even almost sometimes month to month in which vendors change and um we have a a a final episode too that we'll be releasing at the same time that people are able to hear this episode Double the pleasure, double the fun. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited for people to uh, to be excited to hear us. That's. It's still weird to have people like message me and be like, "Oh, I'm such a fan of the show. I can't believe What's I'm even... talking to you." And I'm like, "What? <laughs> Why? I'm just what are you doing on my lawn?" <laughs> yeah. I, I think the thing that always weirds me out is like uh, people aren't one and dunning our episodes. Yeah, they're they're re-listening to them. I'm like, dude, Brad Davis messaged me the other day, and he's like, he's Project Proton Pack, you know, on social media and stuff. And he he's like, is this a lot? And he listened to the podcast like, I don't know, I don't remember the. It was like seven thousand <laughs> minutes or something. I'm like, I'm like the all the episodes combined don't add up to that many minutes. What the fuck are you doing? He's like, I just put it on all the time and re-listen. I'm like, thank you. That's insane, I, I, I but a, thank you. You know, a, a more recent buddy of mine, local to me that I'm super jazzed about. Uh, he was one of the, he's, he's now the guy I think of, you know, when we were, we were talking about spirit proton packs months ago and mm. we talked about how our, our biggest want is somebody 
to get that bite of modifying a spirit proton pack and then wanting mm-hmm. to to go the the full monty chris is doing that and so that's yeah. been like really exciting to get to to know someone who is experiencing that that fantastic new awakened love for the the building hobby and um just kind of you know when he comes and and picks my brain and we talk shop and talk about uh what particular parts he should go on you know waiting for and everything because i know um i think he's going for a proton prop shell a lot of people are really excited of course for max factory because they are now rolling out so i'm really jazzed that other Mm -hmm. people are starting to get that product in their hands but it's cool it's cool to see the people that listen to us but he he literally told me he's like hey man I know you guys got stuff going on, but, uh, you know, I can only listen to reruns so much. I'm like, what? <laughs> you're, you're re-listening to episodes. What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've gotten that too. People, you know, well, when are you, when are you guys going to record again? Cause you know, I, I've listened to every episode and I'm going back and re-listen. I'm starting a re-listen. I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. All right. Cool. It's just, it's, it's weird. Like, I, I've never, I don't know. I feel like I've never really been part of something that people really care that much about. Hey, you man, know, we, we, and we it's had cool. a good idea and Craig, yeah. Craig threw us together. So it's good. I yeah. mean, we were already together, but we were talking about it separately. And then Which Craig, still just is so funny to me. And then I came it, at you like a crazy ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Get your dude. equipment right now. Let's record tomorrow. You're like, uh, thought, no. I thought you were gonna like physically assault me at the at the YHS party. I was like, "You're just like get a microphone." I'm like, "I I will." No, do it right now. Get on Amazon. I'm like, what? No. Do it. Do I need to buy it for you? I'll buy it for you. Which one do you want? Just tell me. The most expensive one. No. No, I and just... I did. I I made good on my promise when I got home. You did. I bought a microphone yep. and and we we started yep. this crazy journey. It's been fun. I'm looking forward to it, though. I'm I'm looking forward yeah. to revisiting older topics in new ways, and also the the going back and readdressing things that we maybe didn't address and do deep dives in. You know, well, I would love to spend another episode or two on hand props and really dive oh, yeah. into like the globoscope, but also like uh, the the latent image sensor, the colander hat. I don't think we've ever talked about that. No, I mean, there's so much stuff we can talk about. And there's also the fact that, you know, I think it's good to go back and revisit things because there's so many things that we've talked about on, on past episodes that like, even, you know, a day or two after people have listened to it, you know, they bring up information Mm -hmm. that we didn't know existed or, you know, it's it's just wonderful to have people out there that like maybe have a little more insight into something that we don't and they kind of point us in the right direction of like hey research this you know you might find your answer here um it is good to continue to re-question yeah even what we have established as conventional wisdom within Mm -hmm. the proton within the props in general um a really fantastic example is the the dominoes on the cyclo rings Mm mm-hmm I, I thought I thought they were painted for years, dude. I thought they were painted for years, and then we, we had that conversation on the workbench 
and uh and you're like no it's probably just leftover clay and i went back and i looked at the spangler and i looked at the bankman and uh you know i I didn't really look at the the stance because the 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 photos are still kind of coming out for that one but like Mm -hmm. oh yeah that is probably just clay sitting in there that's aged and dried white rather than yeah And I, I don't know that for sure, but that's just something that makes sense to me. Like, if those holes were there, and they filled up everything else with clay, like, you know, and they were probably yeah. so small, and they get covered by the bumper, they didn't even bother to pull it out, you know? Oh, they don't, yeah, they don't care. Yeah. Or or um, even just the idea that maybe it's exposed, you know, um, resin or something that's just lighter than the other ones. So, it's good. It's good to keep questioning yeah. what we think we know. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes that's going to happen. It's, there's very much a, a scientific aspect to it where we will accept something as fact until new evidence arises that tells us otherwise. But it's important that we keep open to oh, that yeah. information. I mean, that's why I constantly reiterate, like, for as much as we know, we don't know anything. Like, you know, yeah. or as much as we think we know, like. There's a lot of things I'm pretty certain about, but like if if you come to me and say, actually, here's like hard evidence to the contrary, I'm like, oh, okay, well, cool. I learned something new. I like, I love except learning. for mob spike tape. Yes, except that's for always mob spike tape. That's, that's... <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna buy you a roll of that. If they don't make it, I'm gonna have somebody make it for me. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on. <laughs> on the prop like, i'm gonna put it on there i'm gonna be like you know what it may not be production accurate but fuck you it's screen accurate because it's right yeah. there on the screen i can see it here's a photo <laughs> it'll be like well did you watch it in motion i'll be like nah man get out of here <laughs> what are you crazy what's that that's gonna prove me wrong how dare it is it actually is kind of crazy how critical seeing something in motion can be in determining details or or things like there's been so many times i've stared at screen grabs for so long and i'm like you know what i'm just gonna pull the movie up and when you see it in motion it's like it sheds a whole new light on it and it it becomes so obvious when you see it there's some things that we can only figure out through motion especially like things like light sequences you know Mm -hmm. how something reflects um i know for that kind of stuff but uh but then other things to talk about, I know I have more exciting projects that I'll be taking up on my plate that I have no time or space for, but I'm still going to do it because yeah. thug life. Yeah, maybe. I know I have um, two ghost trap kits coming from um, Rhett Martin, mm-hmm. so I'm excited about those. I'm I'm excited just, just to have a little bit more on the the stunt slash semi-hero side because everybody always builds you know hero traps hero trap kits and stuff like that um so i'm excited to have a little bit more in the in the stunt trap realm just because that's what we actually really see a lot more of as far as hanging out in the backgrounds or on or on belts and stuff throughout the movies yeah it's it's crazy how how more prominent those stunt traps are in the film than the actual heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, before we know it, we'll be back to good weather. Mm-hmm. And I can start working on the superhero again. Maybe get my metal parts back. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> we'll see. 
superhero parts by Halloween. Nah. It, Halloween 2028, <laughs> something like that. You know. uh, no, 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 no. No, come on. Come on. I need, I need those. I need those. You'll get them. Don't worry. All right. I'm making we'll progress. for my birthday. We'll I actually, for my birthday. It's, yeah, like 2028. I took that template that I made for the superhero in filter and I actually cut it out. This is one of the only things I've done up at the shop, at the shop yeah. with my depression. And I cut out, oh. I, I went and f- found a piece of uh, the right, the same, same size aluminum uh, piping, tubing, whatever. And I, I cut it out and did some dry fitting and like, it's still off. So I have some, some adjustments I need to make to the template for it to fit is it exactly is it the like template it is. or is it the end filter i mean the the end filter does sit a little off does it yes well okay it it's not meeting the pack like it should it's like it's too short uh, i don't know how to better describe that without photos but um we'll talk about it yeah because that was uh one of the things um was i was amazed at is when i put the uh, the resin cast I have of the superhero and filter mm-hmm. on onto the shell. I was amazed at how many gaps there were and it wasn't an artifact from the casting. It is when I went back and I looked at the reference, it, it was, it was there. I'm like, Oh wow. This really, <laughs> this really is just kind of fucking slapped on there for the real thing. Yeah. It's, it's something I definitely wanted to, to test out on uh, uh, another piece before I cut into your nice aluminum welded and filter because you only really get one shot at it. So, you know, yeah. the one that I, the one that yeah. I experimented with, like I can I can fix it and, you know, it can go on another pack. Um, but, yeah, there's just a few little tweaks that had to be made to it. And I think it'll be pretty close. You may have to do a little bit of fine tuning with some files or a Dremel or something when I get it back something. to you. But. It'll get done. God, I hope so. I dream about it. I promise it'll get done. Well, you know what? I I can continue to hold hostage the conductivity meter. That's fine. You know where I live. (laughs) If you really want it, you can just go get it. (laughs) This is just a trick to have us spend the night. Yeah. That's all it is. (laughs) Gonna have a sleepover on the freezing cold shop floor. Ooh, I've, I, man, I've been there. I've done that before. It's not oh, yeah. that bad. But I haven't done it at 35, so I might not actually survive the night. You might not be able to get back up off the floor. I mean, it's okay. There. We've got a cherry picker in the shop. <laughs> wow, thanks. <laughs> hey, I might need it too. We might have to call somebody else to come get both of us up with it. We need to get a backhoe just to lift Dan Harshman up off the shop floor. <laughs> well with that uh i think we'll we'll call this first episode of season two a wrap i have no idea what i'll name it but i'll edit it so that we can get it released and there'll be much rejoicing and it'll be for a double feature so by the time that you're actually getting to this episode you'll you'll listen to also a two-month-old three-month-old episode <laughs> that we recorded <laughs> <laughs> yeah the lo- the lost episode the lost episode that was found sitting on my hard drive because I didn't want to do anything <laughs> for three months. Yeah. 
Well, okay. guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed listening. We enjoy, of course, our, our listeners. We love the feedback. If you have suggestions for, for an episode or a topic that you guys want to hear about, always love hearing feedback from our listeners. You can join the conversation, of course, over at Spengler's 1984 Workbench on Facebook. And, of course, you can listen to the Black Firehouse podcast through the RSS feed available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and uh, probably never YouTube again until we get some upgraded equipment. One day we'll introduce video. I don't know why, but one day we'll introduce video so we can be cool like the rest of our friends. Yeah, we'll get some multicolored lights in the background. Yeah. Some foam on the walls. Yeah, I've always I've always wanted to have a background of like where me and my wife sleep. Like, <laughs> that that totally screams you build props so they can have a view of like our bed. Weird. Yeah, but that bed is probably screen accurate to some movie, Dan. Somewhere out there. I mean, it's, it's screen accurate to a movie. Never mind. We're not going to we're not going to go into that. Um, so for the Black Firehouse <laughs> podcast, as always, this is Dan Harshman and his wonderful co-host and great friend, Mr. Austin Young. Austin, say goodnight, everybody. Goodnight, everybody. Reminding you to go out and build something. As a duly designated representative of the city... I order you to cease any and all supernatural activity and return forthwith to your place of origin or to the nearest convenient parallel dimension. Okay, so I'll see you later, huh? I'll give you a call. Everything was fine with our system until the power grid was shut off by Dickless here. Two in the box! Ready to go! We be fast and they be slow! Ray has gone bye-bye, you guys. What have you done? For whatever reasons, Ray, call it fate, call it love. Call it karma. I believe that everything happens for a reason. I believe that we were destined to get thrown out of this dump. For what purpose? To go into business for ourselves. Boy, the superintendent's gonna be pissed. We're ready to believe you.